This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time, and it is presented by BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Just use the promo code PODCAST1 for that 50%. Now, actually, right now, I think it's 100% welcome bonus. And it's absolutely Daddy Soda time because it is Memorial Day 2020. I hope you guys all have some Daddy Sodas. I hope you have a wonderful day, but I hope you do it in a safe manner. Please, 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 for the good of all of us, just be smart about it, right? Don't get right up against people up in their grill, you know, unless it's your personal household. Just be a word to the wise there is what I would say. Just be smart about what you're doing. Uh, Speaking of being smart, Every time we have Matt Wallman on the College Draft Podcast, which is pretty much every episode, we all get smarter. And today, as we have been systematically going through every draft pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, division by division, today is the NFC South. Very much looking forward to it. You can always check out Matt, like I do on Twitter, at Matt Waldman. You can also check out his fantastic rookie scouting portfolio at mattwallmanrsp.com. I'm Ross Tucker, the former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. At Ross Tucker NFL is my social media jam. At RTF Podcast on Twitter and Instagram is for uh, our podcast network. So if you haven't already, Go ahead and follow at RTF Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Speaking of offensive linemen, we had Joe Thomas on today's Ross Tucker football podcast. Highly encourage you to listen to that bad boy. Uh, Before we get to Matt, and before we get Matt to the NFC South stuff, I will mention, if you guys are listening to this podcast, you guys are diehards. You're the type of people that should go against me and Joe Dolan on the best ball tens draft for May. We're picking four more winners to go against us in the first best ball tens draft on Thursday. So just go to fantasypoints.com. When you sign up, put in the code all caps feast, and then you can go against me and Joe. You might be one of the four people we pick to go against us in the first best ball tens draft in May. Really, really looking forward to it so matt you'll have to check out today's ross tucker football podcast for sure being a browns fan i got joe thomas on the show today nice very nice great player great guy that should be a lot of fun i always think it's interesting by the way 
to talk to someone like that. I think it's so cool when you only play for one team your whole career. Like, I would have loved that, Matt. But I also got to think that you'd be really curious. You know what I mean? Like, I got a chance to play for five teams, so I'm not curious. (laughs) I know know what it's like other teams. Um, And obviously, I would have preferred to have been an awesome player and make a bazillion dollars like Joe Thomas. But I just think it's interesting. Like, you really don't know what it was like. And then what makes it, I guess, especially tough probably for him is, you know, they just – they weren't good, which – uh, I think yeah. makes his mental and physical toughness all the more impressive. Let's get to our NFC South draft today. Matt, right there near where you reside, we will start with the Atlanta Falcons. We talked about A.J. Terrell. There was a wide variance of opinion on him <clears throat> in the first round. Um, I like some of the guys they got the next couple rounds. Matt, you got Marlon Davidson, the versatile Auburn D lineman in the second round, and Matt Hennessy, the interior lineman from Temple in the third round, who I guess is sort of now the Alex Mack heir apparent, it feels like. Yeah, I think so. And they feel there may be a possibility that they give him a chance to be in the mix to compete for, for maybe the left guard spot while Mack continues his reign. Um you know, he, he probably needs to get a little stronger for that, but he moves extremely well. He's a really agile guy, patient, you know, uses his hands, really good leverage and, and placement with his hands. And he should develop into a starter. I think it's a really strong pick. And like you said with Davidson, same thing. I mean, fluid athlete, skill to set the edge. He can play with his hand in the dirt or in the two-point stance. Um, I think he varies his pace and stride length really well to set up opponents uh, at the edge and, and he has that acceleration to make linemen pay when they work too quick to the outside. Uh, his hand usage is good for a young guy, and he can combine moves and counterattacks. So the the question that some people have with him is, can he play inside? Can he develop, um, you know, uh, the ability to attack harder against initial contact with blocks and and also be able to find the ball? And, and But he should fit as a defensive end, um, you know, but his run defense will need some work. Um, but overall, these two guys, like you said, I mean, really nice picks and you know, at this point in the draft. I'm starting to feel like we are <clears throat> getting to the point where you might have more Marlon Davidson types play D-end in regular, and then they're just inside rushers in nickel because teams are in nickel so much anyway that you want a guy that has has some pass rush juice like that. I, I'm wondering if he's going to end up becoming more of like the prototype, which is a guy that can really give you some pass rush inside, <clears throat> but he's big enough that if they are running the ball out of nickel, he can help you there. The, their last three guys, point. yeah, their last three guys, Matt, were uh, Michael Walker in the fourth round, uh, linebacker from Fresno State, Jalen Hawkins, I had heard about the safety from Cal. Wow, Cal had two good safeties. Also in the fourth round. And then in the seventh round, I want to do the rest of today's podcast on the punter they took from Syracuse. So we're not going to get to the other teams, Matt. I want you to spend 25 minutes on Sterling Hofrichter. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Okay, so, you know, first of all, I mean, when you're talking about guys who, you know, who – 
you know, with, with Hofer, let's just get him out of the way. You know, I mean, I think he'll be a favorite to win the starting job this year just because they drafted him, you know, um, and he should take over the the place-kicking duties for um, field goal kicker Young Wake, who, who um, has been doing kickoff duties right now. He's averaged over 42 yards per kick every year, and he has two years of 60-plus um, percent rate of touchbacks. So, you know, when you're talking about him, I mean, that's that's kind of an interesting thing there. And then when you have, you know, Michael Wallace, you know, he's worked inside. He's also played at the edge. Um, and he's also a guy who sees the field well enough in terms of reading the blocking schemes correctly. Doesn't have a lot of tackles that get broken by ball carriers. Um, but he's also a guy who, um, you know, I would say he he's probably going to hesitate a little bit in terms of open gaps where he should attack a little quicker. He's a little too stiff in the open field and, and he in, in areas where he needs to kind of spring an attack and he needs to get stronger. He'll likely begin his um, career on special teams. Um, and then when you talk about a guy like, you know, Jalen Hawkins. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, he he has really good range um, for a guy who may not be an unbelievable athlete, but he he anticipates very well. He's he's someone that as soon as he sees you know any type of tell or indication that he needs to uh, to go and attack, he takes good angles. Um, you know, he's a good guy in terms of. You know, if he's playing in a too high safety set, he, you know, and then he's someone that he just needs to, you know, when it comes to tackling, he, he can come in a little bit high, um, but he's someone that really does hit well and and he uses his feet to work through contact. You want a, an understanding of what that looks like. We were kind of joking around, Doug Farrar and I, uh, uh, with someone who was mentioning that, um you know, that the, that, you know, that Joe Green was probably one of the, the best defensive tackles in, you know, in football ever. And we were reminding people of that in the era, you know, in the modern era. And I have a picture of Joe Green running his feet through Earl Campbell. And you can see what that actually means. Just you can go on Twitter to find that. But this is a guy that, you know, when it comes to zone coverage skills, you know, he doesn't really, you know, take the bait. Um, and, and when it comes to, you know, receivers and quarterbacks in terms of how he's reading the field, um, and he's someone that can really go up and win the ball. So this is someone that I think will fit very well in Atlanta, and it's a really nice pick for them at this range of the draft. Let's move on to the Carolina Panthers and the all-defense draft. We already talked about their decision to take Derek Brown. Instead of Isaiah Simmons, which is an interesting one, people will be watching those careers moving forward. They had a pair of second rounders who I think are both interesting prospects. Etor Gross Matos, the DN from Penn State, and Jeremy Chin, the safety from Southern Illinois. Yeah, I mean Gross Matos has, you know, his good length with the you know, he has a he has a terrific motor and he has good balance. He has that bend that you're looking for to get around the edge. Um, his feet are are good where I think he can be refined a little bit further in terms of what 
say what Marlon Davidson does in terms of being able to set up defenders um, with the with the pace and the and the step length. Um, he has really good first two steps off the line. Um, he sets up with his hands pretty well, and I, I think that you know for him he just needs to have a little more muscle mass. He may attack a little too often head on and has to learn how to take half of the man um, so that he can you know kind of work them inside out or outside in. Um, but, you know, he's an intriguing player who should develop into um, a good NFL starter, especially off the edge. And then, and then Chin, you know, this is a smart and aggressive small school defender um, who, who plays the run well. Um, he doesn't hesitate, you know, when it comes to attacking downhill and making a play. Um, he's more of a too high safety player, um, kind of like Hawkins. You know, he can – he can read the quarterback as he plays over the receiver and anticipates pass as well. But his man-to-man work, you know, needs improvement. He's a little slow when it comes to turning his hips and, and running, and he has to get quicker with anticipating that moment when he has to flip those hips. And if he doesn't improve, he may be more of a situational defensive player at this point. But, you know, there's some promise there for him. It's just a matter of you know, can he process a little bit faster at that one moment that is so important to be able to stay with receivers? In the fourth round, they took Troy Pride from Notre Dame. In the fifth round, they took Kenny Robinson from West Virginia by way of the XFL. Yeah, and so, you know, listen, with Troy Pride, you know, he's an NFL caliber athlete. He turns fast. He's fluid to run with receivers who can cover man-to-man and drop into the zone. He needs to show more feel and aggression and timing at the catch point to win confrontations with receivers for the ball. Um, and he doesn't really tackle well, even by cornerback standards. So this is a guy that they hope they can they can get um, better football out of him and a little bit more out of that athletic ability um, for him to become a complete cornerback, um, but it may take a little bit of time. Um, and he, and even then, there probably will just be more of the strong point of what he can do initially man-to-man. If they can get him to refine just his man-to-man game, they'll probably be be thrilled. But uh, Kenny Robinson, listen, he's an aggressive safety. He hits with some power, and he has reckless abandon in traffic and open space. Um, he has good length for coverage. He's also a former receiver um, in high school. And you can see that show up on his West Virginia tape. And even in the, the XFL as a guy who can win the ball in the air um, and he has good length, but he doesn't move fluidly enough in man to man coverage and his range is a little bit limited. Um, so he, he like the other two play safeties we profiled thus far in this division better as two high safeties. The last two picks they had, Matt, were uh, Bra Bravion Roy uh, from Baylor, a D-tackle. So, obviously, Matt Rule knows that guy pretty well. And then Stanley Thomas Oliver, a cornerback from Florida International. Yeah, and when it comes to, you know, Roy, I think he's a quick, powerful nose tackle Kind of, though, with that T-Rex build, if you know what I mean. Kind of lower body strength, short arms. He has a high, you know, high effort, high energy player. Excellent first, you know, in terms of that first step. And he's a penetrator into the backfield. But I don't think he, you know, due to that length, 
due to, you know, what he's shown in terms of being able to see and track and use his hands. He doesn't offer a lot right now as a pass rusher due to that length, that lack of length. Um, you know, and I think that, you know, Thomas Oliver, he was, you know, he's a, he's an all conference USA honorable mention as a first year corner. So he's, he started his career as a wide receiver and then after a junior, he his junior year, he he played 24 games, you know, as a cornerback, and he was second team conference All USA honoree. He had, you know, I think eight passes defensed, two sacks, four tackles for a loss, and and he's a guy that you know may need a little bit more time in terms of of development. And special teams is probably going to be where he starts off. Um, but he's a guy that, you know, I think they like what he, you know, they look at him for his, in terms of be, being an athlete and he has some of those ball skills that you look for in man to man, and hopefully they can build on it from there. Let's move on to the New Orleans Saints, who I think somewhat surprisingly took Cesar Ruiz in the first round. They have made a priority in that interior offensive line, and they wanted to save some money with Larry Warford. They only had three other picks, none in the second round. Two in the third round were both names that I feel like we had talked about a lot, Matt, and that is Zach Bond from Wisconsin and the outside linebacker who feels like a good value pick in the third round, Adam Troutman, the tight end from Dayton. Yeah, I like both of these picks a lot. I mean, Bond, he's he's a versatile backer from Wisconsin who used it was used a lot on the strong and weak side, and he has the potential to play in the middle as the mic. He can rush from the edge, he can drop back into coverage, and he does it with smarts. He's a he's a very quick processing zone coverage linebacker, and he's quick, moves his hips well, covers with the range you're looking for. Um, and he stunts well and, and uses his hands pretty good, which is gives him some potential to work inside as maybe an A a gap blitzer. Um, he wins against tight ends as an edge setter in the run game. He just has to develop more moves, maybe get a little bigger. And if he's going to rush more, you know, I think that that's really what he's going to need to do in terms of you know coverage. He's much better in zone than he is in man right now. You can see how New Orleans look at looks at him and says, "Let's have him play a little bit of the mic, um, but also a combo of the the strong side and the mic right now." Um, you know, basically because you have Demario Davis on one side, I think they feel pretty solid about him. But then you have some injury issues with Anzalone and 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 AJ Klein, and I think that they're you know want to use have somebody who can kind of fill in both roles, and then with Troutman. I really love this pick for them because, you know, you're going to see a lot of scouting reports that at least when I'm on Twitter and I see people talking about him during the draft, you'll see a lot of thoughts about he's raw and he played at a small school and he's going to take some time to develop and acclimate to the NFL game. And that may be so, but watching this guy on tape and watching him perform, you know, all the little techniques you look for to release from coverage, to earn position against defenders, man to man, to run routes with really strong bend and movement um, and do it with, you know, strength, quickness, balance. It's all there. I mean, I, I watched this guy and 
I, I understand that maybe the acclimation time might be the thing for this year. And it usually is for tight ends because it's a tough position to, to make the jump just from division one alone, but playing at Dayton and making the jump might be a lot. And I can see why people are kind of edging there, but I don't know if I would necessarily describe this guy as raw because he played at a level of competition that might not be, have the level of athletes that you saw at division one. It wouldn't surprise me at all. If we see him on the field early and maybe in some two tight end sets and certainly Jared cook had a career year last year and we'll probably still have that opportunity to do so um, build on that in 2020. But Troutman is a guy that I don't think it's going to take that long for him. And I think that he might end up being one of the better tight end picks of this draft. It's interesting because their last pick could end up being a tight end sort of as well. It's quarterback Tommy Stevens from Mississippi State. I know this player well from his time at Penn State. Uh, great size, very athletically gifted, never really was able to put it together as a, as a passer. Uh, but I think that they like the tools he has to work with. And I almost feel like Sean Payton looks at him like a, 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 a Taysom Hill lookalike, especially if Taysom Hill leaves after his contract or becomes a starting quarterback. Right. And I think that this is, this is kind of Sean Payton's, it's almost like they gave a gift to Sean Payton to let him play in his little lab when it comes to, you know, his offense and, and fun things that he likes to do. And they say, yeah, go ahead. You know, it's the end of the, it's our last pick, go ahead and pick yourself. Like you said, a, a maybe a future tight end or an, you know, or what the Jaguars hope they'd get out of Matt Jones one day, you know, and let him, you know, start with special teams, maybe be kind of a gadget um, like Hill. And you could maybe see the fun angle even right now at a low price where, you know, Peyton could put some special plays in store that have Hill, you know, and Stevens on the field at the same time and maybe see what, you know, what becomes of that, you know, in certain packages. Cause he's seen, he's used Taysom Hill, really well at this point and and it's very hard oftentimes i think for nfl teams to to make you know to use players in these type of gadget roles to me i always joke that the 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 gadget always seems to get lost between the couch cushions and and, and or and defenses usually tend to to ferret them out pretty easily within the span of three to four games and, and it becomes ultimately predictable um, but you know, if you're going to be a little bit predictable, if you're effective and they can't stop what you're doing, even though they know it's coming, that's one thing, but the, but most of the time you, you need to be unpredictable. And I think Sean Payton's done a good job with that. And Stevens may add a little flavor to, to what they're already doing. Let's move on last, but not least it is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They took Tristan Wirfs, moved up a couple picks to take Wirfs in the first round. Then in the second round, they took Antoine Winfield Jr. I think a lot of people thought they'd go running back there, Matt. They waited till the third round. They took the son of my teammate with the 2003 Buffalo Bills, Antoine Winfield, in the second round, which shows you how much they liked that player. Yeah, you know, too, uh, kind of a too high safety, um, you know, and someone who 
will play that that split safety role. He can process the game really fast. And his when his range is compressed to one half of the field, he has a strong he does a strong job of covering that quadrant. And and he takes good angles to the ball in the passing game. He's and he's a as a tackler, you know, he finishes really strong, good footwork through the wrap up and and he fills gaps with no hesitation at all. Um, and when it comes to covering the deep half, um, you know, he's also skilled at that as well as being able to read the short passing lanes. He just has, he also has a ball hawking mentality. Um, and, and he's best in zone or, or playing in off coverage, man to man. He can get overpowered or out positioned when, you know, there's one-on-one matchups with some, you know, larger tight ends who can win above the rim or receivers who can win above the rim. But this is a really good prospect and, and a guy that a lot of teams expected to go among the, you know, top 50 players. And then when you look at Keyshawn Vaughn, um, you know, listen, there's a, in terms of running backs, this is an underrated guy and, and he's someone that blocks extremely well at this point of his career. Someone who can occasionally, handle the edge player if needed and at least hold his own long enough on a quick hitting you know play um, he's someone that catches the ball with with facility and he's a smart between the tackles runner occasionally he'll try to bounce some things outside and and there are analysts that have kind of penalized him for that but you there's a point where you see running backs in the college game where if their team's overmatched you're going to occasionally see them in the second half of games or maybe early on and they're losing to try and take a chance and bounce some plays outside unnecessarily because they lose their patience a little bit and trying to do a little too much to make a play. But it's not because he doesn't see the field well. It was more of a decision-making flaw that's kind of a, that shows a little bit of a lack of immaturity that is almost understandable that is going to happen. I, I've seen Nick Chubb do that, who I think is the teaching tape of NFL backs at this point in in it in the NFL. I've seen him do that early in his career in Cleveland in the preseason, you know, after, you know, a first half where it would be a little frustrating for him and it took him a little bit to learn, but Keyshawn Vaughn's a guy that can probably challenge Ronald Jones um, for at least playing time and, and give you a little bit more juice than what you get out of Peyton Barber, who I think is an underrated back in terms of his, his vision footwork and, and, and change of direction quickness but maybe didn't have that juice that you're looking for to, to really threaten the safety level. And I think Keyshawn Vaughn has that and, and you'll see him on the field year one. That's a really good point, Matt, about, you know, when a team's overmatched and running backs trying to do too much, that's interesting. Let's get to the next couple picks in the fifth and sixth round. Khalil Davis, the D tackle from Nebraska, and Tyler Johnson, a wide receiver from Minnesota. Yeah, I didn't watch a ton of Minnesota last year, but he tore up Penn State. He was terrific in that game. Both Minnesota receivers were really, really very good in that game. Yeah, Tyler Johnson's kind of like that New England Patriots Jacoby Myers pick out the kid out of Penn um, NC State, who just a smart player, maybe not you know, the, the top athlete who tests out of the, you know, out of the, the, uh, off the practice field, but someone who wins the ball well in the air, runs good routes, knows how to work inside, can take the physical play that you need. 
kind of could be that big slot role, kind of a Rashard Matthew, Rashad Matthews type of, um, you know, receiver who, you know, who just wins the ball well. It's just the question is, can he run well enough? That's been what the, the scouts have really asked all year is that can he run well enough to, to have a regular role in the NFL? And I think when you have the receivers on the outside that Tampa Bay Buccaneers do, he's going to have a, a greater shot to, to be the guy that they put on the field and match him up with a defender that he can run with, that he can earn position against. And, and I think he has just enough that, to carve out a career and he may be more, more productive for a veteran like Brady earlier in his career than he might be later on if he's leaned on to be an outside receiver or with a young quarterback who may not be able to put him into a position or recognize the position as quickly as a guy like Brady. And then with Davis, I mean, listen, this is a guy who played the three technique at defensive tackle at six two three oh eight out of um, Nebraska. Um, he can, he will likely be used as a three, four end a lot of the time in Tampa when he's on the field, he's fast three, seven, five at the, in the 40, he's quick and should back up in Dominican Sue. He needs to get stronger, um, but he has potential against the run right now. And he shows some skill to sack the quarterback. Finally, Matt, we've got in the seventh round, Chappelle Russell, a, a linebacker from Temple, a couple of Temple linebackers got drafted. And Raymond Calais, the running back in the seventh round from Louisiana, they doubled down on running backs. Yeah, they sure did. And and Raymond Calais is like that total Bruce Arians pick because you think about what Arians has picked in the past and and one of the guys that he's he's looked at was a who's is a guy who's on the Bucks roster who followed him from Arizona, which is TJ Logan, the the running the scat back out of North Carolina who played, you know, with uh, Mitchell Trubisky at North Carolina and and you know, what they share in common are you know, really quick, strong speed, excellent in the return game, can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, you know, Calais is, I think Logan's a little hardier of a player. I think Calais may be a little more explosive. Um, and Logan has been hurt off and on. And just as he starts to look like he's going to do something in the preseason, he'd get banged up and have to, and end up fading a little bit. Calais might be a guy that will push um, – someone like Logan um, for that opportunity on special teams, as well as, you know, maybe being a guy they can work with and develop into a scat back. They have a really good one in Dario Gumbawale, um in Tampa, who will probably play that James White type of role um, for Tom Brady. Um, so, you know, it'll be an interesting competition for him and he'll have to perform well, you know, in terms of pass protection and what he can do between the tackles. Um, to, to really give a competition here for an active roster spot. And when it comes to Russell, he's a 6'1", 230-pound linebacker. He had a pair of ACL injuries in 2016 and 2017. But he returned in 2018, and then, in, and then last year he had 72 tackles with nine for a loss. And despite the fact that he's had two ACL injuries, when you watch him move, I mean, he moves sideline to sideline pretty well, and he, and he slips – and slides through tight confines like the knees don't bother him at all. Um, he has to learn to take on blockers. Um, the technique and confidence aren't really there when it comes to 
you know, taking on guys and slipping blocks and, and going right for the, for the tackler. He, he tries to run around people rather than fill gaps right now. Um, but this, but athletically with the range, with what Tampa likes to do, you know, he has a chance to develop into a backup for, to a guy like Devin White and, um, you know, Levante David, and, and he fits that mold physically. You know, Matt, it's funny. Earlier on in the show, I was mentioning if you're a diehard and fantasy points, if you are really a diehard. If you listen to college draft, you might really be into college football. You might really be into video games. How about the $10,000 Madden Madness that you can do? I mean, are you kidding me? On the Bet Online Twitch channel. Twitch.tv slash Madden Tonight, Raiders, Seahawks, Browns, Vikings, Colts, Titans, Dolphins, Eagles. That is the nightcap. Let's go, since there's, so there's a bunch of time before you guys listen to it, this podcast. Let's do Dolphins, Eagles. Now, what happens? Who starts a quarterback for the Dolphins? Is it Fitzmagic? Is it Tua Tungavailoa? And the Eagles are favored. The Eagles are the higher seed. But you can bet on these bad boys. You can bet on these Madden simulations, which is pretty awesome. I think I'll go with the Eagles just because I don't think the Dolphins are quite there yet. And, you know, a little uncertainty at quarterback. Tell you what, though, if you remember last year, the Dolphins beat the Eagles. So you never know. This game is in Philly, though. Keep that in mind. This game is in Philly. Then tomorrow night, the 26th, Cardinals at the Chiefs, Lions at the Packers, Jags at the Texans, and the Giants at the Bills. What a time we live in where the Bills are so much better, I think, than the Giants and the Jets. Uh, the Bills are the two seed. Giants are the seven seed. And I think the Bills take care of business. I do. I know they're getting they're giving points again. I don't care. I like the Bills in that one. That's the Bet Online Madden Twitch channel. So just go to twitch.tv and search for Bet Online Madden. You can watch, you can wager, you can live and love. Anyway, that'll do it, by the way. What a great way to finish. That'll do it for today's college draft podcast. Hopefully you're already spreading the word via social media about this bad boy or or rating and reviewing Matt. It's not even me. It's Matt. He's the man. Rate and review Matt and that awesome voice he's got. Other than that, uh, the keg is kicked. We're all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.